Hey, this is Jacob from UltraQ, and you're listening to Get Yourself a Friend, a show where I interview various musicians and artists in the indie music world and see how they're doing on this particular day. Today's guest is a great friend of mine who goes by the stage name of Curtis Waters. Enjoy. Curtis! Hey! Greetings, my friend. You're very dark. You look very ominous. I know. It's because I have to use my like old webcam that doesn't really work that well. So on, on the stream, it looks really good. So does it? Yeah. You look like you're in like an episode of Black Mirror where you did something illegal. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's sick, dude. Have you watched like all of Black Mirror? Yeah, I have. It's freaky, man. Dude, it's that good. show that show gets me. It's really really scary. <laughs> it's it's like real life though. Like I don't know. I feel like yeah. I'm in Black Mirror all the time. I feel like my life is a movie, like Black Mirror. That's what yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Damn. Dude, thanks for like for for doing this with me. This is really cool. This is going to be fun. Of course. I just want to have a good conversation with you. I want to be your buddy. That's yeah, man. Dude, I, I want to be buddies too. I know. Pretty because what, we've known each other for like, what, like six months about maybe? Six months. Here and there. Sometimes I disappear. Sometimes I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... But it goes both ways. We're we're, all, we're doing our own thing a lot, yeah. so that's cool. But yeah. I kind of want to start off though by asking, like, who is your favorite artist right now? Hmm, Gene Dawson. I think Gene I da- told you that last time too. But another artist, I the first name I actually thought of was Bickle because uh-huh. um, they have this song, hmm. Naked. It's called Naked, uh-huh. and I don't even listen to like a lot of their other music as much but this one song called naked man you just feel so alive every time you listen to this song and the chorus comes on you start jumping like you feels like your youth you feel so good you got to listen to that song that's like the Boy. best like if if a song can accomplish that i feel like it just it transcends like a little bit you know every emotion you can cry to it you can be angry to it you can laugh uh-huh. to it like i don't know man there's some songs that are just crazy like i don't even know like honestly bickle like there's some songs where if someone's made this song you're done with life like you don't even have to do anything else yeah you're done like you're good you're <laughs> certified now yeah it's like you could stamp that on his grave like he yeah, made exactly. that you know that song is that um, good. i feel that gene dawson though too that uh record the last record he did uh pixel bath oh my god yeah, so, so good. unbelievably good it it's one of those records where i wish i wrote those songs and made those 100%. you know I mean, it's such a great record that I hate myself. Like, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, when yeah. something is so good that you're just like, yo, I'm really not as good as I thought I was or unique at all. Like, <laughs> no. this is, like, way better. I know. And it's good, though, because it forces you to, like, get up and, like, make something amazing. Yeah. I feel like you're the same way because, you I mean, just based on what you just said, we're like, I'll hear, I have a hard time listening to, like, peers or people, like, I'm even people I'm friends with because... It's like not that I'm competitive, but I just compare myself so much and I go, yeah. fuck, why didn't I think of that? You know, no, do that production that thing tough. or write that it's song. It's a little you know? toxic, though. It's a little toxic. I'm yeah. trying to break out of it. I'm trying to get better at that, too. You know, it's amazing. Or, I don't know. I put Gene Dawson up there with like Kanye West or Tyler the Creator already. Like, I just think he's that mm-hmm. great. Like, when I listen to him, I don't feel like I'm listening to like this like underrated artist. I'm just like, this guy's a legend. The yeah. other person I really like is Tizo Touchdown. You know Tiza Touchdown? No, I've never, I've like, never heard of him. Uh, they're sick. It's, I don't know. It's like performance art. I don't even know how to explain. It. Like people that are like, they live their art. It's not just audio files. It's like the whole package is them. I think it's amazing. I, I don't know. You'll, yeah. you'll have to see it. I know. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll have to text me a link to like a video or something because I've yeah, I've yeah. never heard of that before. But 
sounds cool. I mean, I, I like performance art type shit, so yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Sweet. So, uh, where are you from, Curtis? That's a, that's a difficult question. Yeah. Uh, I was born in Nepal. I grew up in India. I lived in Germany. Then I grew up as a teenager. Like, most of my teenager years were in Canada. And uh, I've been in America for a few years now. So, so born in Nepal and then kind of back and forth with in, in Canada. Is that what you said? No, I went to Nepal. I went to India. I went back and forth with Germany. Then I went okay. to Canada my teenage years. So when I was 10 to around 17, then I mm-hmm. came to Canada when I was 17. That's got to be, I mean, I was also like a kid who like kind of grew up traveling a lot. And my parents were like, you know, working, doing stuff all around the world and stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. it can be kind of tough you know like moving around when you're a kid because it's hard to like keep friends and you know do that type of thing growing up so used to things ending you know i was having this conversation with my therapist like shit that happens to you as a kid will stick with you forever you know what i mean like i'm so not used to permanent friendship or anything lasting more than a few years so as soon as i enter any relationship my brain is like oh there's an expiration date on this you know so i make the most out of it but yeah i don't know yeah. yeah. And then what about high school? Like, where were you during the the high school years? Yeah. In high school, the first half I was in Canada and it was amazing. I had all these friends from middle school and it was like a, like a liberal place, you know? So it was like people weren't as racist or homophobic in Canada. So it was fun because mm-hmm. I was, you know, like weird and artsy and all this stuff. So it was nice. I was getting drunk a lot. And uh, I came to North Carolina. And it was horrible. Like the, the kids were so racist and homophobic. Like they would call me like the sand N word and stuff. Seriously? And, Holy shit. Yeah, I'm dead serious. Like the first week. And I was talking to this girl on the bus about like our favorite artist. And I said, Frank Ocean. And then she was like, oh, he's gay. He likes Frank Ocean. And the whole bus started like, like it was crazy. Like it was like, I was so amazed because I didn't know places like that existed. But it yeah. was like that. Here. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I became really like sad and I would just, um, during lunch, I would just sleep in class. Like I would go to my next class and I would just sleep all lunch. I had like one friend in theater class. It was it was horrible. I hated high school here. Dude, yeah. that's that's some crazy shit. I mean, because I grew up in the Bay Area, Oakland is very like, you know, forward thinking and you know, just you know, very you take it for granted sometimes. Yeah, you absolutely. that like there's other pockets in the world where it's like like being gays or like whatever is still super frowned upon like high school is especially worse because kids are fucking idiots and they don't know they haven't even developed like empathy yet like kids are fucking stupid you dude know yeah I mean? high school was high school is a crazy I, fucking time how was your high school i went into freshman year of high school and i was definitely like the new kid like i had moved to a new place when i was like going into high school so for the first few years between like what what's freshman year like you're 14 right like 13 14 from like 14 to 17 i just had like one or two really good friends and that was great you know i I played some sports to make some friends and stuff but it wasn't really until i was like a junior or senior that i really started to find my like group and people that i started to hang out with and that was partly because i just didn't go to class that much and i only really did art classes and stuff so i just hung out with those people and it was fine i just kind of flew under the radar mostly you know like i didn't really do that I was much like a crazy person in high school like in canada Whoa. i was like a crazy like i don't know well i was this is what it was 
So I'm bipolar, but I didn't know at the time. So uh-huh. most of high school, I was literally manic and unmedicated, but everyone thought it was hilarious. Like I would just do crazy. Like I was just stupid. You know what I mean? But it was funny at the time. But I remember just like stripping in like the hallways or just like starting fights or just like insane shit, you know? But it uh-huh. was so funny to everyone because we didn't know, right? Yeah. But it was yeah. really fun. I don't know. I'll try to explain it in a way where – I don't know. It was just fun being insane. I don't know. When you're a teenager, you just have so many hormones. You don't even know how to deal with them. No, yeah. it's. I like barely recognize the high school version of myself at this point. And I'm only 20. I'm like 23. So I've been out of school. Or I graduated four years ago. So yeah, that's crazy how time goes like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking back on it, though, like, do you think when you look back on it, at least, and you're making music now, do you think like it informs anything that you do now? Oh, dude, all my music is from like most of the time it's from the perspective of 15 year old me where I was so depressed and manic. And I felt like, you know, like the classic teenage shit where you're like, nobody understands me. I'm a, you know, I'm a failure, I'm a disappointment, but I'm going to make it out and I'm going to be a genius one day. Mm -hmm. And my math teacher is going to like, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these fantasies you have when you're a kid. I still do it for that kid. Like my album cover is a picture of me when I was like, 15 and i just got cheated on by my girlfriend and i'm depressed and my friend took a picture of me in front of a flower garden and you know just the all the melodramatic emotions you feel when Mm -hmm. you're 16 and you feel like the world is ending that's like the best source for art i think to this day like i'm channeling that version of me when i'm making art you know yeah i mean if you're not gonna be like the most extreme version of yourself especially when making art or especially when making music like in particular at least i find it's way more interesting you know and and more rewarding you know just personally for me like curtis waters was this name i made up when i was 16 and i needed some sort of escape so i think somehow like no matter how what age i am my real name's Abby, but Curtis Waters is going to be 16. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm catching up, right? Like, so all these emotions I felt when I was 16, I wanted to put them out in a song and put them out in an album, but I didn't have the tools or the skills to make the songs at the time, mm-hmm. but I had the emotions and now I can go back in and tap in with those, but now I know how to make music. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was like the first, what was the first album or, or artist that you were just obsessed with that you just, you couldn't stop listening to? Tyler, the creator, if you saw my old Facebook pictures, it's so cringy because I used to dress completely like Tyler, the creator. I used to want to talk like Tyler, the creator. I was a Tyler, the creator stand like just hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. I had his pictures all over my walls. Like I had all his like leaks and demos memorized. I had like like the loiter squad, everything memorized. Like I just felt like I remember I like it's so embarrassing almost because I remember before I started making music, I saw I had a dream. I was in Nepal and I had just got cheated on by my girlfriend. And I was like, what am I going to do? I need to win, blah, blah, blah. And I saw Tyler, the creator in my dream. And he was in a helicopter and he was handing me his odd feature merch. And he let the, <laughs> he let the fucking, uh, it's so funny. He let the uh, ladder down in the helicopter uh-huh. and he was, it's so corny. He was like, you can come with me. Like you can join me. And I like <laughs> climbed up the ladder and I, and I woke up and I was like, holy shit, I can go like be like Tyler, the creator. Dude, that's like so silly. And I was like 13, 14 at the time. Right. But I took it to heart and I literally was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to, make music i'm gonna make videos and i'm gonna be myself and i'm gonna inspire other kids and blah 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 you know that's such like a formative dream right there no i know it's crazy and it's like you know i could have taken that and be like huh funny dream okay whatever but i went with it i was like 
this is the meaning of my life now. Because Tyler, the creator, was in a helicopter and he told me to come after him. If you had to guess, why do you think Tyler in particular was so like attractive to you in that way? You know, like, why do you think Tyler drew you in like that? He was so funny and he was so weird. But until then, I had never really heard a song talking about suicide. And Mm -hmm. I was like really young and I was going through depression, but I didn't understand what it was. My friends didn't get it. My parents didn't get it. Nobody around me understood what I was talking about or going through. And it was really difficult. I remember just hearing like really early demos of him, like, like insane shit though. Like I know it was a lot of like fantasy, but he was just like talking about killing people and being depressed and suicidal. And to me, I was like, holy shit. I didn't even Mm -hmm. know you could talk about that. Like I didn't even know this was real. And I didn't know there was someone out there like talking about that shit. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I listened to some of the music I loved when I was 13 and I look back on it. I'm like, oh, okay, it didn't age very well. But when I was 13, that was like exactly what I needed to feel like, oh shit. You know? Yeah. Especially when you're 13, I feel like Tyler's stuff is so shocking. Yeah. Especially when and you've when never 13, heard stuff like that. You love shock factor. You love like just the like shock. Fa- yeah. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. And so in that timeline of like, of, you know, of high school and wherever that was, uh, when did you start making music in like the earliest form of, you know, what you're doing? It was the end of middle school in Canada, which is ninth grade in Canada. I had gone to Nepal and I, I had a, like a cracked version of FL studio and I didn't have good internet or something oh i didn't have any video games or anything and i didn't have any friends in nepal so all day i would like read complex news like complex magazine and i would make beats all day and i would try to make like tyler the creator type beats and i would like write like weird tyler the creator type rapping and all that stuff you know what i mean Uh so yeah i remember making a lot of beats at that point and then i got into high school and i wasn't really good at school because i was so depressed so every time i would fail a math exam i would go home and i would make like 100 beats because i was like i don't even care about school i'm gonna make it in music this is my only way and i would like binge watch Tyler the creator and kanye west interviews and i would be like oh my god i'm gonna make it fuck the teacher like i'm gonna figure this shit out you know what i mean yeah did you know right away that this is what i want to do yeah, yeah. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a musician, even when I didn't know how. To, like, I don't, I still don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I've kind of Absolutely. finessed my way into it. Like, I'm bullshitting. Like, I watch YouTube videos and I figure it out. You know what I mean? But I never went to school for it. I never knew how to sing. I never, I don't know. I just was like, I, it, I'm so delusional, but it helps. Like, I'm so delusionally confident that if tomorrow I said I want to be like a video game developer, I think I could figure out a way, even though I'm horrible at math and I've never made a game. I think I'm so stupid that I could do it. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. It's like that walking self-confidence that just kind of yeah. pushes you there automatically. You know, I think you know, I, I, I've proven it. Like when I first started making music, my mom laughed at me. She was like, no way you're making music. Like You don't know how to sing. You don't know how to play anything. You don't know anything. You know what I mean? And in like a few years, it was like, oh, okay, like I'm doing shows and I've made money. And it's like, oh, okay, I, I feel like I broke the algorithm. Now I can do anything, you know, mm-hmm. just say. I was going to ask at first, what did your parents think? Oh man, they made fun of me so much. And uh, they didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't, I remember they read some lyrics about like depression and stuff. They were pretty concerned. I don't know, but they kind of let me do what I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was just in my room all day, just all alone making music. They were pretty concerned. 
in high school. Now, now, now they get it. You know, I think yeah, it just took a little bit. When you're starting out, like it's it's just like an awkward thing. It's it's really weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Especially for my family, like we never had any artists. Like we never had any musicians growing up. Like my parents, like you know, they're like in the academic field. My uh, they have like PhDs and blah blah blah. Like it's like very like mm-hmm. all my cousins want to be like doctors and engineers. So for me to be like, no, here's my SoundCloud. Like it didn't make sense, you know. No, for sure. I'm sure that was tough. Like especially starting out, like. When, yeah. when you're just trying to do your own thing but again though you're also in high school so it's like a different you know mindset at the time though too yeah but i was i had like a victim complex i was like nobody understands me i'm gonna run away from home and i'm gonna be a superstar blah, 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 yeah. you know what i mean yeah so it feels serious when you're young and then so the state so i didn't know that it was a stage that that curtis waters was a stage name until i looked it up yeah yeah no, <laughs> which is name. so sick so wait so what's your real name my real name is obby obby yeah sick. I like Abby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what? How come Curtis Waters? I'm sure that's like you get asked that all the time, but no, that's cool. I okay. Well, the real thing is, I thought it would be funny because when I was young, I was making like really ignorant, like stupid, like shitty music, and I just thought it'd be funny to have like an old white guy's name, like Curtis Waters. It just sounds like so old <laughs> and white. And I actually found out years later that there's a real estate in my city named Curtis Waters in North Carolina. No but shit. I, yeah, but I made that wow. name when I was in Canada. But another thing was, I did think about it though. Like there was a few things I was thinking. If there's a crowd, they need a name that they can chant. So it couldn't be like two, three k, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like Curtis, Curtis. So I knew they could <laughs> Curtis. And I also liked uh, Ian Curtis from Joy Division a lot because I read his Wikipedia and I was like, wow, I'm Ian Dude, Curtis. I was gonna say we should quickly have a quick second yeah. on joy division because you said frank ocean was huge for you which i yeah. only know that like a couple of songs like i'm not huge on frank ocean i mean i like I, his stuff's really fucking good but i but joy division though i know like whew. i'm on the opposite side like i know a few joy division songs uh-huh. like i know disorder and shit obviously yeah 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 i think i was just really obsessed with disorder and i just read i was more interested in ian curtis's story like, I think what he was going through and just how his life ended at, at the time when I was young, I felt like, you know, really suicidal and all this stuff. So I felt like, oh, that's like me. That speaks to me. Um, I don't know. I think I just had some fascination with him at that time. Um, and Ocean Waters, Frank Ocean. Curtis yeah, Waters. yeah. It's such a crazy and impactful story from, you know, he ended up passing away, of course. And then they ended, the band continued and made a new order right afterwards yeah. which is also like an equally as you know influential band so it's just it's also like it's both a tr- super sad and also like inspiring story at the same time so oh another reason was i wanted my name to be like daniel johnston curtis waters mm-hmm. like i wanted it to feel like a real name you know what i mean which i thought was um important for some reason. yeah well i mean it convinced me like what I, I literally up until probably a few days ago when i was like doing a little bit of research for this i was like oh my god i, I didn't know your name wasn't curtis waters i mean it's so synonymous at this point i don't even i can't even i don't even know like people call me curtis all the time you know what i mean like my friends call me curtis like i i can't i don't even realize when you call me obby or curtis damn yeah that's pretty cool like a like a merging of the identity right there which is good or bad because at first curtis waters was like my alter ego character where i can be a narcissist where i can be this and then you become curtis and then you turn into a fucking narcissist (laughs) i got to therapy damn man yeah um let's talk about 
hyper pop for a second or quote unquote hyper pop yeah, for hyper-pop. a second. Yeah. Um, why do you think that was? Cause you said Tyler was your um, main influence, but do, I, I don't know. Do people, do people consider Tyler hyper pop or no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think drew you to that? Or was that what your songs were in the beginning? Just kind of that style or. Well, I don't know. I, I just like what's exciting to me. And it wasn't like Tyler inspired me as a person. But I don't think my music really sounds like his at all, to be honest. I just think he's a really inspiring person. I love his music. Yeah. I, I'm not really a good rapper or anything. I'm definitely like more of a producer, if anything. And I think I liked Hyperpop because I grew up loving like video game soundtracks. Uh, I think one of my favorite bands when I was a kid was Anamanaguchi, and they did the Scott Pilgrim versus the World soundtrack. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So good. So yeah, good. so fire. Like Chiptune. So I love Chiptune. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I just think anything that's like weird is cool. And when I heard the 100 Gex album, I was like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I, was, I was a big fan of Dylan Brady for many years. Sorry for cutting mm-hmm. you off there. But no, no, no. Yeah, it's all good. I think Hyperpop is just like a really natural evolution from like the weird shit that was happening on SoundCloud, which is where I was predominantly like making music, you know? And eventually all the emo rappers turn into Hyperpop artists like it kind of just there was like a pipeline i don't know No, yeah well i was gonna say too with that 100 gex album because i would say like i'm like the last person that would hear that because i'm so removed from that world but even that album transcended into our world you know and became like people were talking about that in my band you know which is crazy because like we you know grew up with like more like punk and and that in that type in that world you you know know, the alternative rock i was thinking recently like what is alternative culture, right? Because hyperpop is like alt. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. punk is alt. Like I was like I was I was talking to my brother recently, and I I loved the front bottoms and modern baseball growing up, and that was like emo alt culture at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I was asking like, what do what are alt kids into now? Like, what is that? And I think that's like like hundred gex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like The scene get like it's hundred gex. So I think there's a merge there. Just anything out of the mainstream is, yeah, makes sense in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, anything that's just slightly left from center. You know, it's yeah. j- just enough of a twist to get those kids that are into the stuff that we were into to be interested in it. And yeah. then, uh, so what was like your first release? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. No, um, no. I no, mean, it was. It was like, oh my god. Well. I really wanted to, well, I made beat tapes and stuff. So I had a lot of beat tapes and I, I produced a lot, but I've always wanted to do vocals, but I was so shy. Like I was extremely shy. I was so nervous and I procrastinated for years to do vocals until I was with my friend Harm Franklin and we were in this basement and I was drunk as hell. It's like very young too. And uh, we made this like soldier boy type beat and we just yelled like the stupidest shit like i we didn't write anything i was just saying the chorus is i fuck with feminist bitches like it was like the dumbest <laughs> most ignorant shit ever and the name of the song was feminist bitches and it was the stupidest song ever i put it out on my soundcloud and i thought nothing of it i was like this is a stupid horrible song and nothing is going to happen out of it and then the next morning, for some reason, um, some writer from Pitchfork shared it. And no. they were like, 
irreverent new music from Calgary. And then um, it got on Hip Hop Canada and it got on like so many blogs. And no way. I'm so serious. And it was my first song and it was called Feminist Bitches. And I showed my mom, like she was laying in bed and I showed my mom, look, mom, it's my new song. And she was like, you immediately have to change that name. You can't call it Feminist Bitches. <laughs> like that is a horrible name. And then um, I changed the name of the song to Captain Underpants. Okay, uh, okay. No, it was actually called Captain Underpants Type Beat. And then people got confused because it wasn't a beat. So I changed it to uh-huh. Captain Underpants. But yeah, that was my first song. And it was with my friend Harm Franklin, who's also in my song Stunning. But yeah, just like stupid, drunken yelling. And yeah, and then the song after that was Hot Boy Anthem, which was more stupid, drunk yelling, which is still out there. But my awesome. first real song I did by myself in my room was called my ex-girlfriend turned into the moon and it was like this like i don't know cute little love song i made nice that's dude that's crazy that like the way that that works with you know one guy can share it and then it just becomes like a whole thing it's that's so sick oh silly and I, i felt bad because i remember harm who was like a real rapper like i was producing for him he was there and he was working and like we were talking like the shit me and him did as a joke, which was horrible, drunken, like nonsense, was doing way better than his actual music that he would put uh. effort into. Like I remember like Complex was posting about Hot Boy and like just everyone was posting about it. And it was like we were just like, what the fuck? This is the stupidest shit ever. That's, <laughs> that's it's got to be like super conflicting when it's like, damn, the shit that I actually like work really hard on <laughs> isn't really happening. But the I mean, joke one is to this day. I did my song Stunning, which was kind of like a joke song. Like, I wasn't even going to release that song. And now it has a billion streams where there's other songs that I, like, put months of effort into. And I'm like, here's the concept. This Here's the metamorphosis. Here's what uh-huh. the story means. And it does, like, the worst out of anything. So I, I really have to stop, like, equating. You know, it doesn't – it doesn't – you can't tell. You don't know what's going to connect. Yeah. You never know what's going to stick, you know. It's – yeah. It's too hard to predict. So you put out that first song. When, you know, a- along this line, did you start getting like a manager or like an agent or stuff like that? I didn't have any, I didn't really have a manager properly. I had a friend that would kind of help me out and go through stuff with me. His name was Drew York. I wasn't signed to him or anything. I only really got a manager like a bit over a year ago. I, I remember I had my song Stunning. I was teasing it on TikTok. And I had my album Pity Party out before uh, I had Stunning. My manager said he found me through my song uh, Freckles on SoundCloud. And he hit me up and he wanted to actually sign me. He didn't want to manage me. He wanted to sign me. I didn't have a manager at the time. Um, And then, you know, Stunning started blowing up more and more. And everybody wanted to manage me and sign me and all this stuff. So I, I ended up sticking with the guy who was trying to sign me. His name was Chris Anakute. So he managed me after that, and then we got a lawyer, and then it was like, yeah, and like, then the whole this person, and then and then all yeah, this yeah. shit started happening, you know. This just starts, but happening. nothing really happened until I put. I I think this is what I realized. Like the whole time I was making music, I was under the impression that I had to find a manager, I have to find a PR person, I need someone to help me with the music, I need someone to do this, I need someone to do this, I need to hire people. You actually don't need to do anything but make good music and try to blow it up. I've realized is like. No, for me personally, like no one really does anything for you unless you do it 
yourself first. You know what I mean? The yeah. only thing people can really do is like fan the flame, but you got to start the fire first. No, yeah. I mean, someone, I forget who told me this, but it's all, but it's been like kind of my mantra through everything is like, no one cares more about your shit than you. Like, yeah. no one cares more than you. So, yeah. even though, you know, so it, it's essential that you're the one who's like spearheading everything, you know? Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, people can't really give you opportunities until you are at the point where opportunities are coming. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You can't just hire them. Or in my experience, you could, I couldn't just hire a manager and be like, hey, get me a viral song. I just know how it works, you know? So now's the time to talk about, which I'm sure you've talked about like so many fucking times. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah, which, yeah. W- when did you make it? Like, how long did it take to make that song? Dude, it was like a, I don't know. I, I feel bad because I always discredit my fun music. Like, I think fun music is good, too. Mm. It's just mind-blowing. Well, it was just a song that I thought was silly, and I didn't put it on my album because it didn't fit the theme of the album. But then Stunning blew up, and then I took down my album. Then I put on my album afterwards. I re-released my album when Stunning oh. blew up. But um, What was going through your head just, like, watching that go crazy? I was so excited, but dude, honestly, I was more anxious than anything because every day a record label would call, right? And they'd be like, I offer you $5,000 for this song. And then I would be like, oh, maybe I should take it. I have summer classes to pay for. And then the next day it'd be like, $20,000, take it or leave it, or you're not going to get any offers again, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. The more I held on, the more the price kept going. But then the labels were calling every day trying to buy the song. And I was like, well, if I... Let, like I'm a broke student, you know what I mean? Like I'm working at a tropical yeah. movie. I don't have any money. I have college debt. I want to pay it off. But so I just held it. Like I think I held the song for like a month or so, just teasing it over and over, you know? So it was really stressful. But then I finally released it independently and it blew up and it got on uh, today's top hits. And then I partnered with BMG afterwards. So it was it was a good finesse, man. It was pretty crazy. It was, it was yeah. a lot of stress. And just watching that, because even because like we've like I've never had a song do that before or I've never witnessed that before. But I I can't imagine like being in your shoes and just sitting there and just watching it. It's like every day. Because what is it at now? I think on Spotify it has like 200 and something million streams. I don't even know. I stopped checking, but I know my manager sent me like a paper that said a billion global streams. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but that's great. That's that's crazy. I don't even know if it's good or bad because now I'm like stuck. I'm like, holy shit. I just, where do you go from here? You know what I mean? I was just about to ask having that type of success. Cause that is in a lot of people's eyes. Like that is as successful as you can get right there. You know, as in, in this age of internet music and stuff, Yeah, making music now, making your new stuff, what's going through your head, you know, like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to oh, ask this, but paralyzed. like, and I, no, I get it, dude. It's paralyzing because like, I didn't mean for that to happen. I didn't even think it was a good enough song to release. And I released it and I promoted it and I did that great. Expectations are high. You know what I mean? And I don't want it. Like I I'm paralyzed, bro. Like I'm making some of my best music I've ever made in my opinion. And a part of me is so scared to release it because I've become so commerce oriented where I'm thinking like, oh, I'm not going to release this unless it's the next biggest super smash hit. It's removed the fun of me, the fun of music for me in a way, because before I was just making music because I love it and I was sharing it with my friends and it felt great and it felt like enough. 
I feel like I just did heroin, bro. Like, you know, a billion streams yeah. on a random song. When you come back down from it, you can't enjoy normal stuff as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So absolutely. It's th- that's like a freaking shot straight into your yeah. heart right there, you know? And, and it's just also I need to catch up to it. Like, you know, I had fucking millions of people wanting another stunning and I I'm not really good at seeing music as a product, you know, it's more of like how I'm feeling that day and how my emotions are. So if I'm anxious, I'll make a song that sounds like anxiety. If I'm stressed, it'll be like a stressful song, you know, and I'm not really too good at being like, oh, this product worked out. Let me make 500 of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had a lot of trouble with that, but I'm I don't know. I'm trying to like pretend stunning didn't even happen. Like it's so good because I have money and I can take care of my family and I paid. Yeah student loans i'm super grateful but i think for the ego going from like here to here instantly and then going down again it can be super damaging you know what i mean yeah it's something it's in in a way i'd say it's definitely like uncharted territory because because dunnan was huge on would would you say it was the largest on tiktok right like that's where that came from it was everywhere yeah because so tiktok is so new yeah. And it's so effective at being like, in my opinion, the modern day, like radio, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way people find music now. And yeah. it's so new that, you know, you haven't really seen what happens to the artist after the song. What yeah. happens next? Well, this is another thing I'm thinking too. Like I wish, sometimes I wish like I had a viral hit further in my career where I felt more confident and I felt like, oh, okay, my music is good enough. Like I'm capable of doing this over and over. But I think it's just like, it happened when I was still figuring out what I needed to sound like, what my step, you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I'm still figuring out my sound, you know, I still don't know what my identity is. Like I'm, I'm a kid, like I'm growing up. So I'm grateful for it, obviously, but it is a lot to live up to, you know, I'm not saying like people are pressuring me. They were, but it's very internal and I'm like a very sensitive person. So for me to be like, go from there to even lower, like you can kind of, make me feel some type of way, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which it shouldn't. Like, I, I mm-hmm. should be just making music and releasing because it's fun and I love it. But. Yeah. How many years into it had you been once that song came um, out? Three years into vocals. It's going to sound pretentious, but, like, I want to be, like, fucking Tyler Creator, Kanye West, Childish Gambino. You know what I mean? I think I was a little disappointed that the song that really blew me up was, like, kind of like a funny novelty song in a way. You know what I mean? And it's still a great song. Like, I love it. But I think, like, a pretentious side of me was like, oh, I wish, like, a cooler song could have blown up instead. Like, because Stunning was, like, the anomaly. Like, I had never made a song like Stunning. I made it just for fun. And it blew up. And then it kind of felt like, oh, fuck. What about my actual music? You know what I mean? It's such an internal battle, it sounds like. You're in uncharted territory. Like, people haven't been through this yet. You know, because before, you know, you could say if someone had a big hit on the radio or if someone had a big hit in, you know, the 90s or something, you had seen that happen before, you know, with other bands. There's like a format to follow. But this is so new. People haven't done this before. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about, you know. No, it is crazy that I was I feel like I caught the wave at the time, though, because even now, TikTok's already getting saturated. I don't think like if I did what I did at that time, I don't think it would have worked as well at this point. You know what I mean? Like even just a year ago, it was still so brand new that the way it worked out, it went crazy. 
Yeah. I, you know, I'm a very critical person, but I am proud for making that happen though. Cause I remember waking up every day and like making like plans for TikToks and this and that, like, I'm not a content creator. I just want to make music, but I was like, Oh, this is what I got to do to blow up. So I'll do it. Absolutely. And, and kind of going back to what you were saying before about how, like, you know, you want to fit into that world of like the Tyler's and, and the Kanye's yeah. and, and, and the Frank's and, and those guys, you want to be a career musician. Yeah. Is what it comes yeah. down to. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think it scares me that I might just be a moment. And that's like a very personal, deep fear of mine. Um, I don't want to be a moment. I want to be here for like fucking 10, 20 years making crazy shit and like changing everything. You know what I mean? But I think the way, only way forward for me is to forget that stunning happened, forget about commerce, forget about numbers, just make shit that I think is cool and exciting and amazing, put it out and try my best and just keep trying every time, you know? So what are you working on now? I mean, obviously you, you, I don't want you to say everything, but just like, no, I, are you, you're, you're making, you're making new stuff, you know, I'm making new stuff. I'm, I'm working on an album. It's a follow-up to my album pity party, which I thought was good. I think for me, it's just like a coming of age. Like each album I do is like a coming of age story. And it really is the same story I've been trying to tell since I was 15. And I'm just getting closer and closer to my vision. And the gap is getting bridged. Like, you know, when I was younger, I really wanted to be in like a punk band. I didn't know how to, play guitar or drums or bass or anything and i think now i'm getting closer and closer to knowing what i'm supposed to do you know what i mean yeah and with that like i'm learning new techniques and i'm learning better to articulate myself and i'm going through more things so i don't know i'm just getting closer and closer to the same vision i've had since i was a kid and maybe the next album i do the same thing again and i get closer and closer it's just because i remember you sent me a playlist on spotify and it had a fucking uh billy bragg song on there yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, you know your shit. Like, th- that's a song that, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, New England or something? Or yeah, I don't want yeah to dude. Yeah, that I song. used to listen to it a lot when I was yeah. like, oh. Every time it's album time, I just listen to, like, shit that I love when I was the most emotional. Like, uh, I've been listening to so much from Bottoms and Modern Baseball because when I was 15, 16, like, those are the songs I really listened to and, like, fell deep in my heart. And I was like, oh, my God. I, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, just getting to the very core of your emotions. Yeah, and just just getting better at like what you said, which was so spot on. I think I've become closer and better at trying to capture what I was wanting to do earlier yeah. on. You know, because yeah. earlier on, my stuff. I know some people like it, but I just I cringe at it because I can't. You know, I I can't. I think do that's it. a good thing though. I think we should cringe at our early steps. Like that's yes. how we know we're growing, and it's great. People love it, but like I love. Tyler's early stuff, but I also cringe at it. You know what I mean? Which I think is totally fair. That's how it should be. So to end it now, I feel like I heard this wrong, but maybe I didn't. Have you played, have you done any like live gigs before? I did one live show recently in North Carolina. It was like a surprise show. I came out with a mask and played some stuff. Yeah, it was fun. How was it? (laughs) It was really good. I was anxious because I don't know. I have like anxiety issues and stuff. So I've been really nervous about like quarantine stopping and me having to go out and perform. But I played um, some release songs. I played um, the song called Psycho Icon, which is one of my favorite songs I've made. Oh, so yeah. fucking heavy and you know, like crazy. And I think when I released it, I was kind of disappointed because I didn't feel like it connected as well on the internet and over streaming. And like, you know, I, you it's hard to gauge over the internet sometimes, whether people enjoy it or not, whatever, you know what I mean? 
But when I did it in person and I came out there with the mask and I was yelling and jumping and I was making everyone go crazy, I was like, oh my God, like it made sense. Like the reason I make this music and you play it out there and you see people, it connected so well for me. Like I was at home, like doing this little breakdown for 30 minutes. Like I was like working on this little chop, you know what I mean? Like all these things that I was thinking about, like imagining what it would be like in a live setting, just in my room all alone, just in my underwear, just screaming. When I did that in person, it was like, it's crazy. Yeah, I I remember when you sent me that that EP of yours, and I heard like Psycho Icon and shit, and I was like, dude, this is so sick. I and that's what's really cool is that's immediately what I thought of. I was like, live, this is gonna yeah. be so sick. Like, I want to see this live, which is yeah. such a different type or a different thing, I think, than like a, what a lot of the you know TikTok music world is like. Yeah. It's a different thing, you know. It's a it's a different mindset. Well, I think there's like an issue in how we value music or like how we compare what's good or bad in music, right? Like, let's say we're saying a song is good because it has a lot of streams. Okay. But how about a song that like you feel emotionally connected to, but you don't feel the need to listen to it over and over, right? Like it's like reading a good book. Like let's say you read a good book. You don't got to listen to, read the same book over and over for it to impact your life. You know what I mean? There's art pieces. There's some songs that are for live. There's some songs that are to be repeated. There's just no way to really quantify it. And I think when you start doing that, you start really like watering down your music. Like when I did Psycho Icon, which was supposed to be a live song and I did it live, it all made sense to me. And I was like, oh man, we can't even compare this shit through streaming numbers because that's not what it's about, you know? Yeah, I, that's that's so spot on. You just can't predict how people are going to react to something. Yeah. You really can't. And maybe like fucking, I don't know, like there's songs that have been um, unknown for like 20 years and some kid on TikTok makes a video to it and now it's like a fucking viral hit 20 years later, you know? Like, you don't yeah. know. I think Dude. the main thing is we, we got to stop worrying about that shit too much. Just like, make your favorite shit and just put it out and you know that's something that i've tried to work on myself too is just being as happy as i can with with my shit you know like yeah. like how can i be i want them every single thing that i make now it's like i want this to be stamped on my grave like i want this to be like you can you can yeah. hold me to this forever because i want to be that proud of it and i want to be that happy with the results you know that's such a good because there's a song i've made there's only one song that I hate in my entire discography and objectively it's a pretty good song and a lot of people love it, but I would never listen to that song personally. And I only made it because I felt the pressure from stunning to have another hit song. Mm -hmm. And I look at the song and I'm like, wow, I am never going to try to do it again. You know what I mean? Like, I think I just got to do what I like, you know? Yeah. We got to trust our taste. Yeah, you do have to trust your taste because based on that playlist you sent me, you have taste. Just, yeah. just let I you gotta, know, you have taste. I gotta believe it and I gotta follow it and yeah. I gotta reach that gap. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Alright, dude. Well, thanks for doing this again. I'm very grateful for, for hopping on my little thing, my little podcast here. But you're in LA right now, right? Yeah, I am in LA right now. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I think I'm gonna come down. I'm hoping to come down in like the next two weeks. So hopefully we can hang out or something. Dude, um, I want to get like a studio and just like, I don't know, for like a week or something. I'm so down. That'd be so fun. Yeah. That'd be so sick. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Take I'll talk care. to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Get Yourself a Friend podcast. These first two episodes have been really great. If you want to catch the show live, you can watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jacob underscore. 
That is twitch.tv slash J-A-K-O-B underscore. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks again.